Hello and welcome back to a new episode of the StatCast with your hosts Harrison Friedman and Sam Greenman. Today we're going to be talking all things NBA offseason. It's been a different one than most, but nevertheless we've had a lot of interesting signings. Some teams are clearly going for it. Honestly, I feel like we have more teams than ever going for it. Uh, but at the top, we're obviously going to talk about this big trade that just happened a couple of days ago, Russell Westbrook for John Wall. And Sam, I think we're going to write into it. Uh, if you want, but, I mean, first. Milo Hamilton. Swinging, lining it to left. It's gone! It's gone! It's gone! Westbrook! Holy Toledo! What a way to So, Sam, uh, on the podcast with Ari, our NBA offseason primer a few weeks back, you brought up, among many other Russell Westbrook trade ideas, the one of him being traded for John Wall. Sam, what was our reaction to that? You guys laughed at me. and It, it hurt my feelings. Yeah, it honestly should have hurt your feelings. I can't believe it happened. I really, really cannot believe it happened. But the trade was this. Uh, we got Russell Westbrook going to the Washington Wizards for John Wall and a 2023 protected first-round pick that sort of just, like, rolls like a snowball down a hill and falls off and might turn into two second-round picks by the end. It's super protected. It's quite possible the Rockets never even get it, depending on whether the Wizards are a playoff team a few years from now. And I got to say that's not exactly the most likely thing to happen, but nevertheless... um, so, Sam, what are your initial thoughts of this trade, seeing as how you sort of predicted it? I was playing video games when it happened, and I looked down on my phone. There was no, there was no like, they're closing in on a deal. Woj just straight up said, yeah, it happened. And, like, my first thought was, like, what is, like, this just does, this accomplishes nothing for either team, right? Because it's trading one uh, point guard who's past his prime and has being paid $40 million for another. Yeah, I mean... What's funny is that both of these guys kind of got locked into the same deals. They both signed these Supermax extensions, which make a lot of sense uh, if you're someone like James Harden or Steph Curry or LeBron James or Anthony Davis, because then you're getting paid a massive amount of money and you're probably worth even more than that. And a trade for you is always worth it. But for the guys who qualify for it based on it's because this stuff is really based on like whether you get a certain few awards or something like that. Russell Westbrook and John Wall were overpaid the moment that they got these extensions. Both of them are aging point guards with an injury history, one worse than the other. Uh, and they both have three years and $132 million left on those deals. So it's not going to be a great deal for either one of them. And both teams are probably going to be relatively disgruntled by the end of their deal. I mean, it's three years, so a lot can happen in three years. But what do you make of the makeup of these two teams and why this deal had to even happen in the first place? First of all, I don't think it did have to happen. I feel like if you're the Rockets, you can certainly get a collection of picks and along with a salary dump of somebody who's not good so that you could get more picks. Either one of those teams could have gotten that. I don't know why they had to resort to albatross contracts for former star players. I think you there was a a story that came out after the trade that Harden would rather play with John Wall than Russell Westbrook. 
Do you is think that even what, true? Uh, I, I'm trying to figure it out. What about his game do you think he would like? Well, there is one thing that is Russell Westbrook is, was the worst qualified three-point shooter of all point guards in the NBA last season, which is really bad if you're trying to spread the floor like the Houston offenses. Russell Westbrook being on the floor almost makes it like impossible for James Harden to do all that much because in especially in situations like the playoffs, James Harden is just going to get doubled by someone out on the perimeter. And then James Harden is so, sort of out of the play unless he's like running around. He's going to get bumped because the defender just does not care about Russell Westbrook getting the ball and they can rotate to help. Now, Russell Westbrook is super helpful during the regular season when he can go up against teams' tired second units and people aren't playing that many minutes. Russell Westbrook is really good at beating up on bad players, but he sort of is like, he was almost like the kind of guy you have to bench going down the stretch uh, in the playoffs last year against the Lakers and the Thunder. And so it's not like John Wall is this like sort of amazing player. It's almost like Russell Westbrook is this guy you couldn't bench because he is the second best player on your team. And so you can't bench him during crunch time. You can kind of bench John Wall during crunch time if his shots aren't going in, if you want to play the best lineup or if you want to play an all shooting kind of lineup. But one other thing that John Wall brings to the table that Russ kind of doesn't is Wall is totally willing to give up the ball and make the right passes. If James Harden is willing to go off ball, which we have not seen in seven plus years. And so it's not like we're really expecting it now, especially since I don't know how much he cares about this Rockets team as it's currently constructed. But nevertheless, Wall is more of a pure point guard who doesn't rely as much as Russ on that uh, athleticism, even though Walt does rely on a lot on his athleticism. And I think that Westbrook has had a ton of really, really ugly turnovers, especially in the playoffs that have just been like kind of backbreaking for the Rockets in a lot of ways. And I trust Wall's vision more than I trust Russell Westbrook's. Now, I should mention that Russell Westbrook made 13 All-NBA last season, was averaging 30-plus points a game for a long stretch when James Harden just was not able to really do all that much. And now the Rockets are down another big offensive option that makes it even tougher for them to survive during the regular season. And so getting to the playoffs is going to be hard enough. And this Rockets team might even be fighting for like a seven or eight seed in one of those play-in games. That six seed means a lot more than it usually does. And so the Rockets just sort of took themselves down a notch with this move, even if it probably is a little bit better for James Harden. Yeah, and it seems as though the Wizards kind of didn't do anything. Considering, I guess the first round pick is kind of a setback. I think Westbrook is an upgrade over John Wall, but they don't have anything around him that would make it any at all worth it. I like mean, the Wizards kind of made a move that said like they're going to be contending next year. Like I could, I feel like a contending team would do that. The Wizards kind of think they should be contenders next season. I think it's because Bradley Beal is quite possibly a superstar that nobody really realizes because he was averaging 30 points a game. He's one of the best shooters in the league. He's like, if Clay Thompson got his own team and probably was a little more dynamic handling the ball, that's what you get in Bradley Beal. He's a terrific shooter. He's a real team leader. And having someone like Russell Westbrook, it makes it a dynamic backcourt. Now, does that mean that we're kind of going to see Bradley Beal also get doubled by guys? Yeah. But I like Washington's roster, nevertheless, because, I mean, yeah, they're still like slowly. I think Bradley Beal was going to get doubled anyway. Yeah, but but right now you also have Davis Bertans on that team. You've got good enough shooters 
around him. I think they're going to contend for like the seven or eight spots in the East or maybe the nine, 10 spots, which for those who don't know, the NBA is now doing uh play in games where it's the closest in any professional sport to college baseball that you're going to get. And what they do basically is a seven and eight play each other. The winner gets the seven seed. The loser plays the winner of a matchup between the nine and the 10 seeds. And whoever uh, the winner of the 9-10 game plays a loser the 7-8 game, and whoever wins that game gets to be the 8th seed. That's all to say that there's more playoff spots now in both leagues, and I feel like, especially in the East, where you have a lot of teams who are sort of in that like 35-40 to 40 win range in a regular season, maybe like breaking 41, 42, 43, the Wizards are absolutely one of those teams that's going to be in the mix for those seeds, and Russ on their team makes them a better regular season team like cancel i mean like there's teams in the east that he's just gonna manhandle and so i think it's a great move for russ i don't know if he's gonna love it but at the very least playing next to bradley beal who's much more willing to move off ball than james harden is a good idea yeah i honestly think the wizards have a more balanced team than the rockets just because the rockets are meant for spacing the floor whereas i think the wizards with thomas o'brien um thomas bryant tom did i say what did i say o'brien I'm not sure how you got that. Thomas yeah, with, with Thomas Bryant, um, he's kind of a prototypical big that they can throw in there for some minutes when they can, in addition to having Bertans stretch out to play the five. Yeah, and you've got guys like Danny Avdia is there, Rui Hachimura is there. Both of those are um, international players who, are they a three? Are they a four? How dynamic are they exactly? We're going to see. All that stuff is what I think we can see this season and Russell Westbrook probably will do a decent job of getting them involved. And so I feel like that's a relatively good thing for them where they don't have to worry about the, being the number one option. They don't have to worry about being the number two option. And they also don't have to worry about like being the sharpshooter on that team. They can just play their game, do sort of like a Michael Porter jr. Kind of thing where like they come in when they need to and they play hard. And I think that's a good, that's good for both of them as far as their development grows. I don't think, I mean, I'm looking at this roster right now. Isaac Bonga, I mean, like, he's fine. Troy Brown Jr. was pretty good at the end of the season, but he's not, like, a world beater. We'll see what happens with this uh, Wizards team. I th- They're probably closer to 9-10 than they are to 7-8, I should say. But Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook together all just automatically raises their ceiling. Once again, it's the, it's the East. So, like you said, under 500 could still get you into the playoffs. Yeah, well... Let's talk about another East team that quite possibly could make the playoffs this year, the Atlanta Hawks. Sam, what do you think about what the Hawks have done in their massive roster restructuring? Not massive, but pretty big roster restructuring this offseason. They're turning into the late 90s or mid to early 90s Denver Nuggets. They're just going to try to outrun everybody on offense and hope that the other team gets tired. They brought in Danilo Gallinari for a large sum of money. They brought in uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich in the failed trade after the they, failed trade. Failed trade the, after the failed trade of the Bucks, um, Bogdanovich was offered an offer sheet that Sacramento didn't match. Four years, seventy-two million. Yeah, um, kind of similar to the Zach Levine situation a yeah. few years ago. Um, so yeah, they have a lot of offense, but they have not a lot of perimeter defense, and they still have Cam Reddish, which is bad. I mean, Cam Reddish is actually a decent perimeter defender. 
that you mentioned, even though like his offense, I, you know what? He was a little better towards the end of last season. I almost feel like DeAndre Hunter is the guy you got to be worried about there because I don't think he's ever going to become a good ball handler, which really worries me. But yeah, so Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, who are sort of like the low end uh, Isaac Okoro and Devin Vassell uh, from this past draft. I kind of like their one through 10 right now. I mean, they so so they made some moves this offseason. The those weren't the only guys they signed. They also signed uh, for their backcourt. They signed Chris Dunn and Rajon Rondo. Chris Rondo, yeah. Dun- yeah. Dunn's an interesting one because it gives them a lot of defense at the guard position. Exactly. Like, Trey Young and Chris Dunn next to each other, at the very least, I mean, yeah, you can still, like, go after Trey Young on, def- on, on defense, but he even because he's, you know, one of... He's the worst, probably, defender in the NBA right now. But Chris Dunn probably should have made an all-defense team this year. Chris Dunn is terrific defender. John Rondo, his best days are past him, but at least he's going to try hard. But let me just read you, like, there's uh, one through ten that they've got right now. Trey Young, John Collins, who already we know together, Trey Young can be a 30-point scorer, John Collins can be a 20-point scorer. And John Collins is a terrific, uh, like, he's a still-improving power forward for them. Uh, Then you've got Bogdan Bogdanovich, who could be a second option for a decent team and is a Definitely a good third option for this kind of team. Definitely a good spot-up guy, off-ball um, yeah. guy Clint, who's going to run through a lot of screens. you got Clint Capella at center, and you've got, I don't know, probably like, I feel like they start um, DeAndre Hunter maybe at uh, small forward, maybe Cam Reddish. We see, we'll see what happens. But so in your guard situation, you've got Trey Young and Rajon Rondo as your point guards. You've got Chris Dunn and Bogdanovich as your shooting guards. Or I guess you could say you have Chris Dunn and Kevin Herter as your shooting guards. You've got Bogdanovich and Reddish as your small forwards. You've got uh, Gallo and uh, DeAndre Hunter, and you've also got um, what you you've also got uh, Clint Capella and John Collins, and you've got Anyako Okongwu. That's sort of like that's a good roster top. Yeah, I completely forgot that they drafted Okongwu. Yeah, Solomon Hill is on that team. And, like, listen, Solomon Hill is not exactly amazing, but it's, like, the 12th best guy on your team. Tony Snell is the 13th best guy on your team. And I like Bruno Fernando. Everyone liked Bruno Fernando coming out of Maryland. I don't see – I shouldn't say I don't see a lot of holes on this team because, again, it's not an amazing team. But, but they do have one massive hole, and that's defense. Yeah, that, that's the only hole. But how many of those guys do you think can be – can, like, average 10 points a game? It's, like, in a vacuum. Uh, Bogdan, like Trey Young, you think can average 30 a game in a vacuum. John Collins can probably average 18. Clint Capella gets 10 points from just like pick and roll dunks. Bogdanovich averages like 15, 16 a game from being such a good shooter. Gallo can average 10 a game. Herder can average probably 10 a game. Hunter, Okongwu, Reddish, probably not Rajon Rondo or Chris Dunn, but uh, no, I think any player in the NBA, if in a vacuum can score 10 points a game. Fair, fair point. But so this is just a team with a lot of guys who can get buckets and in a lot of different ways. And it's going to be on Lloyd Pierce to figure out these lineup configurations because I think they have one of the most like Swiss army knife kind of rosters in basketball where you can throw up, not in the sense that they have guys who can guard one through four or one through five, but they have a lot of, but you have a few guys who can guard two through four and you have uh, someone like Onyeko Kongu can probably guard three, four, five. Probably can't be switched on to point guards quite yet, but I don't know. At some point, he's going to be able to sw- get switched on to guards. And then you just have like a uh, mix and match with all of these guys with different skill sets. I kind of like the Hawks as a team that puts it a little more together. I wish they had a training camp 
so they could work on all this stuff because I feel like a team like this that meshes and really hits it all together, if this team is like really close and everything like that, then I think they're going to be doing good things. But at the very least, like, are they... Okay, so before I say where I feel like they might fall in the East, what's who are your best teams in the East? Who would you put in your top couple tiers of teams in the Eastern Conference this year? Well, let's 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 uh, revisit to the fact that I picked the Hawks to be fourth in the East last year. Oh, I know. I very much remember that. I think you were just a year early. Uh, let's call it that. Um, top teams in the East, I would think Heat are still number one. Yeah. Bucks are two. Yeah. Celtics are three. Yep. Raptors are four. Yep. Sixers are five. Yeah, Sixers might be higher. We'll see. I love what they did with their offseason, but yeah, they're in that upper tier. I would say Hawks at six. Yeah, so here's the question. Hawks or Pacers at the sixth spot or someone else? Hawks, Pacers, or the field? Uh, Hawks. The Pacers haven't really been able to put a full season together. Yeah, the qu- the thing is, this is, doesn't seem like it's going to be a full season itself. So are the Pacers sort of like set up for actually a pretty decent season this year? Because I would say they are definitely they definitely have more star power than the Hawks do, even though they don't have Trey Young. Everyone else on that team, like, Sabonis, if he's healthy, is good. Turner should be good. Oladipo, we will see, but Brogdon is good. I don't know. I, yeah, Brogdon's medicals are like a little iffy. They always have been. But are the Pacers the sixth best team in the East this year or the Hawks? You think you think the Hawks? Oh, wait yeah, a minute. I see the Hawks. Sam, I think we forgot about somebody. Uh, the Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are actually going to you know, be playing together this season. Along oh, with... I, 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 no, I didn't forget about anybody. Oh, okay. So... You're saying that the Nets are, what, the eighth seed right now? Seventh seed? What if the Nets trade for James Harden? One seed? Mm, six. Six? Sam, I feel like this is a little bit of a homerism and a little bit of a anti totally not. I can, there's a 100% a 2013 Lakers vibe here. You think they're going to implode that badly? I mean, like, yeah. I, they're not injured in the same way that they are. I feel mm, like it's more... AD hasn't uh, played a game in two years, and he's coming off an Achilles injury. This is what Harry I think. Irving has a chronic knee injury and has a chronic head injury. <laughs> I think that's called um, a brain injury specifically. But I feel like this is more like a Clippers from last year sort of vibe, where Kyrie and Katie really didn't play at all last year. They have a bunch of other guys like Karis Avert and Spencer Dinwiddie. Are Spencer Dinwiddie and Lou Williams the same person? Can anyone convince me otherwise that... Spencer Dinwiddie is just a nerdier version of Lou Will, who gets really into like Spencer no, Dinwiddie is on the Pistons. Spencer Dinwiddie is Lou Will if he was super into Bitcoin. Um, oh God, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, does man Spencer Dinwiddie has done some weird things. Spencer Dinwiddie has, but he's a good player. Karis LeVert is on that team. Karis LeVert is a good Michigan. player. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan guy, Michigan guy. So it feels like this is just a mix of like two different like factions. We saw there was an article in the Athletic that came out about how people in the Clippers organization, and I think it's more people who are still currently in the Clippers organization rather than just guys like Montrez and, I don't know, other people. Um, I'm talking about how... Montrez isn't on the Clippers anymore. I hate to break it to you. Oh, I know, but he's not on the team anymore. I'm talking more about guys like Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams. Um, So I feel like there are two different camps here, but at the same time, the talent is so massive that it's going to carry them to a top four seed. Like, are... are the Heat really better than them? Are the Bucks really better than them? Kyrie and KD, KD specifically. When was the last time KD played on a team and it wasn't top two in uh, the conference? I mean, seriously. Uh, I'm going to stop you there. When was the last time KD played on a team? Uh, 
he missed a year. He missed a year. He was in the finals last time he played, but still. Team he missed league. a year, which means which means he's not going to be pl- playing for two. From reports, from reports, uh, Kevin Durant has been uh, looking incredible in workouts so far. Again, yeah, those are I'm workouts. Sure, yeah. Boogie looks great in workouts, I'm sure everybody said. <laughs> those are reports. I feel pretty good about Kevin Durant because at the very least, he is like one of the best guys at picking his spots and getting to his spots and making those shots in the entire league. He's better at that than even James Harden is, honestly. And so Kyrie Irving is the way this team sinks or swims. But yeah, so Steve Nash uh, on the bench, if he's if he counts as a coach, I don't know. Talk to Kyrie Irving, see if uh, he considers Steve Nash a coach or not. Yeah, that this Nets team is going to be top four. So who okay, is this? The, is this the year that like the Raptors drop out, or are they just getting better as Siakam and Anunoby improve? Pacers are the ones that are going to drop. Well, let's well let's say you've got oh yeah Pacers drop out. Okay, I think absolutely. I think it's Pacers and Hawks. Now that I'm remembering, the Nets are probably going to be in contention for the seventh and eighth spots each. So I think there's got to be at least one of these teams that isn't. You hey, come on, admit that the Nets are going to be a top six team. And they might get James Harden, which could make them the they're best not team. Top, in the I'm not going to admit that they're a top five team. Would you say that they're the sixth best team in the East? They're in the conversation. Okay. So of the teams, Milwaukee. I, like, I really believe this. Like they've never played together. I understand that. And I want to believe it too. There's a part of me that's that's just telling me, ooh, this is bad. This is real bad. Kyrie and Katie together is exactly what shouldn't have happened. But you got to, the talent's supposed to win out, right? I mean, that is what everyone was saying about the Celtics and at least the Celtics like got to the playoffs before as a four seed before losing to Milwaukee in the kind of embarrassing way that they did, but they still beat Philly first with Kyrie. Well, yeah. Once again, Philly, Philly is really not good when it comes to playoffs. Yeah. Philly is really good at uh, winning zero games in the playoffs or maybe like one or two. Remember the confetti incident? <laughs> yeah, that was one, one, again, well, that was one of the greatest teams I ever watched. I have the, Sixers won a playoff game since the confetti incident. Yeah, they want they we went up three zero and then they won a game. Okay, well, impressive. We, we gentlemen yeah. sweep. Yes, that's the real gentleman sweep. By the way, people say that like oh if you if it's one one and then you win the next three games that counts the gentleman sweep. No, gentleman sweep is no. when you go up three zero. The the other team wins the fourth game just as like you being nice and giving it to them and then you win the fifth game. That's the only gentleman sweep I will accept. And then the agree. next year we got douchebag sweep swept by Milwaukee. Well, yeah, that was kind of... Is that when you win the first game and lose the next four? Yeah. It's a little rude. It's, it's a little harsh. Or that's what the Lakers did this year to um, the Blazers, which was kind of rude. But nevertheless. Uh, so of the teams, uh, the Bucks, the Heat, the Celtics, the Raptors, and the Sixers, are those the top five teams? Maybe with the Nets in there. Are those the top six teams in the East next year? Which of those teams There's is the six- most likely to fall out? Sixers? Why is that... I feel like they're they better How? They haven't added anybody. They might, they might trade for James Harden. They're the most likely wow, Harden destination. They're the most mm-hmm. likely Harden destination because they... Remember, the Rockets, I think this is a little telling. Back to the wall trade. So I saw somewhere that, uh, according to sources, the reason the Rockets did the John Wall trade is because he was the best available player to them. They didn't want, like, a hodgepodge of players from New York. Uh, Charlotte's offer, I don't think, was on the table anymore. And so John Wall is the best player they the best player they could conceivably get. They probably weren't getting too much in terms of picks. I don't know if like the Knicks are really uh, super thrilled with the idea of giving up like some lottery protected picks to the Rockets. Yes, they, they, if they see a star, they want him. 
Yeah, the Knicks aren't that dumb anymore. I feel like James Dolan is probably entirely checked out at this point. And we, I don't know, maybe World Wide West like, has him locked, locked up in a closet somewhere. But I feel like what the Rockets are going to do with Harden is also the same thing. I mean, is it quite possible that we then have a Rockets team that looks like um, John Wall and Ben Simmons as the two best players? Yeah, and that is a team that I will hate watching every single night and probably end up rooting for the Dallas Mavericks or something like that. But nevertheless, that's what I feel like they go for. But and yeah, so they I, still, yeah, I feel well, good about the Sixers next year. You need to build around Embiid, not try to add to Embiid. That is building around Embiid. Building around Embiid by giving him the best shooting guard in the game to go along with him? Yeah, absolutely. So now he's going to have goal less. He's going to what? Yeah, but he's also not going to be like moving out to the three-point line. You're not going to be able to double James like Harden. He, should, he wants to move out to the three-point line. Okay, but Joel Embiid should not be moving out to the three-point line. I don't think he really wants to. I think he's kind of pissed at Ben Simmons for not being able to shoot threes and forcing him to have to shoot threes. Listen, Joel Embiid will pull up on occasion just because he's like, yeah, I can make this shot, and then he bricks it off the side of the rim. But at the very least, like, if you have a coach who is like, no, don't ever leave the friggin' paint. Just stay there. Stay there. Then you can't double-team both James Harden and Joel Embiid. And those are... Would you say those are probably the two most unguardable one-on-one guys in the league right now? Giannis? Yeah. Giannis, too? Mm, no, Giannis is... Giannis, Giannis is a little different. He's more, like, fast break, not quite as much half-court kind of guy. Yeah. In the half-court, Harden and Beat are the two most unguardable one-on-one players, and you got it. Yeah, think... so why would you put them on the same team? What do you mean, why would you put them on the same team? It's because, like, that's such classic Daryl Morey. He's like, he would just go to... Instead of like having it be uh, Harden doing something a, while yeah, everyone exactly. else watches, now you have Harden and <laughs> you've Harden and Embiid. Everybody's gonna turn the heap the Sixers even more. But then you have someone like Seth Curry playing, and suddenly like he's just like scurrying around like a little yeah, jitterbug. Eric Gordon, young players. Yeah, but uh, Eric Gordon, I don't know if I trust as much on offense. I uh, clearly trust him more on defense. But first of all, he's got it. Stay healthy at first. Tobias Harris. You can't trust yeah. Steph Curry on defense, so it balances out. Yeah. So, yeah, Harden and Steph Curry in, like, a defensive backcourt. I don't know. Russ was pretty bad this year, though, on defense. So, like, it's clearly doable. But, yeah, so I feel like Doc Rivers, though, is not the kind of guy who would be super thrilled with that. It but seems like he defers to stars. But kind of, it yeah. seems like he's on a retirement tour right now. Yeah, Doc Rivers kind of defers to stars, as we have seen in Clipperdom. The Clippers are a team that are not going to be a top three seed in the West this year, and that's my hot take for this season for this year. I don't think it's that hot. You don't think it's that hot? Yeah. I mean, talent wise, they could be the second best. Talent wise, are top three, but I yeah. don't like their culture right now. I yeah, I really hate their culture right now. Will the Clippers finish with a worse record than the Rockets this year? No. No. Is it possible? I think there is yeah. an above twenty five percent chance. Which should not be something that I should ever I mean, be saying. I put it at twenty-five. Yeah, I'm solid with that. All right, the, we have not really talked about a single free agent signing outside what, what the Atlanta Hawks have done. We like what the Hawks have done. They're going to be a fun team to watch, regardless. Like last year, the Wizards were playing these insane games where they were like losing 150 to 140. That's kind of what the Hawks are going to be doing this year. I feel like they'll be winning a few more of them though. Although we still like Carl Anthony Towns, we have yet to see whether Trey Young. Um, an ungodly three-point shooter will actually be helping his team win. Steph Curry really, yeah, Steph Curry really changed things by getting Draymond Green. Steph Curry getting Draymond Green to be on that team with him and having Clay along with him kind of made everyone think that you can win just by having a guy who shoots a bunch of threes and can't guard anyone on defense. 
but I think Steph Curry can guard people. I I I don't like when people say that. Steph Curry can listen. Steph Curry can like do a little bit. He can uh root. He can root around for steals. He can grab at you, but he's you're you're going by him. He's a little too small. He's a little too slight. All right, so let's switch to another team that I know. Hey, you know what? We'll talk. We don't have to talk about Portland, but I'll I'll give you the floor. Who do you think made the best move this offseason in terms of free agent signings? Well, I mean, the Lakers signed the best free agent, Anthony Davis. I mean, I, I can't argue with you there. That they did. Uh, you got anything else? <laughs> what else do you think about their offseason? I mean, uh, once again, free agent signings for me just really aren't that helpful. What do you I mean? I feel like. Well, because the Gordon Hayward signing. Dumb. Why is that? The Hornets aren't going to go anywhere. Gordon Hayward just wanted money. Yeah, Gordon Hayward got a lot of money. He got 120 million to uh, like why? buy every League of Legends character he wants. I don't know if that's how you do it, but that, that's something he can do. Listen, I don't know what a lot of these teams are doing, but the best free agents that we had this offseason, guys like, you know, Anthony Davis, Fred Van Vliet, they both re-signed with their teams. There's no one else there. Bogdanovich, is he gonna move the needle? Hawks got him. Christian Wood, like he's probably the only guy who got a lower tier contract to his star potential. He went on a decent, pretty big deal to the Rockets. Three years, $41 million is a I lot of him. money. I love him a lot. I think it's going to be a great deal as long as James Harden stays around because I think he's going to be a great partner with James Harden. But also, $15 million is a lot of money for a, for, per year. It's a lot of money for a guy who has only shown like half a season's worth of what he can do. I trust in him. I trust in him. And I know you do too. But And then you've got like Davis Bertans. What was that? Five years, $80 million for a guy who like was good and decently sized sharpshooter i mean yeah the wizards have to spend enough money to make sure he doesn't go anywhere else but holy cow that's a lot of money i thought the wizards were done um with signing uh players to uh, dumb massive contracts but yeah the gordon no, hayward love it. they love doing that the gordon hayward one takes the cake but also isn't that the price of doing business if you're charlotte he's the only guy they really could have gotten i think the knicks were offering maybe like in the 100 110 million range and so that's why they had to go as big as they did. And like, I don't know, Gordon Hayward is much more likely to go to somewhere like Charlotte than a lot of other guys because he's a small town kid. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a lot. If he works well with the mellow ball, like it's quite possible that he's the perfect uh, shooting guard to put next to Lamelo because, you know, Hayward, you saw him on the Celtics. He's a good playmaker. Uh, he shoots very well. He Wasn't he like near 50, 40, 90 this year? I mean, yeah, but I... I don't, it's not like I'm ragging on him. It's just that he's very situational and when he's good and he's very streaky, uh, not as. They paid him as a number one option when you get paid on a team and he is a number three. Well, option. he got signed when he was going to be the number one option. No, I mean the Charlotte signed him as like a number one option. I guess. Oh. He, yeah. So like the money that he got from Charlotte is quite a lot of money. And so, I mean, listen, he's a good fit with that team. He's like a decent, he's like a starter that makes sense for that team. But the price tag is the issue, not the signing of him. Because it's because it, ignore the money. If you ignore the money, you're like Charlotte had to spend it on somebody. And just like a hodgepodge of guys wouldn't have really moved the needle for them. Then fine. I guess you got to spend the money somewhere. But they're going to regret that year three and year four of that contract. Even like I don't, they might regret it year one and year or year two because there's nobody else that they're going to sign like should they have become available. And so you're really locking into LaMelo Ball, PJ Washington, and Gordon Hayward. 
and Devontae Graham. I don't know what Devontae Graham feels about all this. I feel like he's still starting because LaMelo's uh <laughs> LaMelo has some seasoning to do if you watched him uh fail a lot in the Australian basketball league, even if he did get a little bit at the end. But I don't know. I I think he I don't think LaMelo Ball has played professional like organized basketball in over a year at this point in time. So you have no idea what you're getting out of him year one at the very least. And def- defensively, do you love a Devontae Graham and uh, Gordon Hayward backcourt? No. Yeah. It's the like, money. It's just, it's the money. Like, I don't really, th- and they're just on different, like, trajectory. Like, yeah. Uh, they're, they're on Four different years, trajectories. 90 million. Like, they Four don't years, 90 have, million. And they, like, are just, they're not the same age is what I'm trying to say. Like, well, here's something. They're gonna be good. Let's say you could. <sighs> Let's say you could pay to develop your players alongside someone who's a really good fit next to them and lets them grow into their own game. Does that is that worth an extra like a uh, few million dollars? Because I feel like that's what Gordon Hayward can be mm-hmm. to PJ Washington and Lamelo Ball, right? I mean, he, I guess. Yeah, he he's a good like I don't know. He's a good he's a good fit with a lot of teams in that in that sort of sense, especially with young teams. Even though he's an older guy, but, I just I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah, I don't see him as like a leader in a team's locker room. He doesn't maybe in like Butler's locker room, but it's not Butler right now. Um I guess we're gonna see what happens in Charlotte. Yeah. That seeing them as making I think that was the biggest uh move of the offseason that didn't involve someone going back to their same team. That's nuts to me. That it's Charlotte and I guess Atlanta uh were the two teams to make the biggest moves of the entire offseason as far as uh free agent signings go. But yeah, it's not. Wow. Even, it's like small market teams, which is very weird. I don't like. I don't know. This off season seems like kind of a lame duck off season, does it not? Yeah, everyone's prepping for twenty twenty one. I mean, like, have you seen the twenty twenty one free agent class? You've got Kawhi Leonard, James Harden is probably going to be traded that off season. If I had to guess, Chris Paul is he could, he could opt out. He's not going to opt out. Also, like Kawhi could opt out. He's not probably not going to opt out. But Paul George could opt out. Kyle Lowry, a little old, but he'll be pretty good. Uh, Drew Holiday could opt out if he wants to. Rudy Gobert is going to be a free agent. Andre Drummond's going to be a free agent. Victor Oladipo is going to be a free agent. Schroeder's going to be a free agent. And there's this one guy I think you know, um, Giannis. Giannis is going to be a free agent. We will see what oh, happens. Giannis with... Taco. <laughs> yeah, Giannis. Uh, oh, Justice Winslow as a, as a team oh, option. Yeah. yeah. Kelly Olynyk's going to be a free agent. Nah, it's that's just... There are so many guys who are going to be free agents next offseason who you're like, who's like the sixth, seventh, eighth man on the roster? That's them. Like, you know how this draft was something where it was a lot of like, oh, these are all going to be guys who like are going to be in the NBA for there's a while. There's role players here. Yeah. Wow. There's like, yeah, there's a, there's like a, the whole first round role players everywhere. Just a whole bunch of role players with like maybe a couple of stars. That's what next year, next off season is like. It's like if everyone from this year's draft just sort of like entered the free agent pool at the same time five, in five years in the four or five years in the future. But yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I'm intrigued for next year's off season. I think more teams are going to have cap space. No one had cap space and no, and I mean, it, it's not that surprising that uh, no one having cap space coincided with not a lot of free, great free agents being on the market because everyone sort of had their guys locked up. But yeah, we're going to see an NBA next year that I think... Here's a question. How many teams do you think are... Uh, I, I brought this up a little bit before. How many teams do you think are just better next year? How many more teams do you think are trying to make like the playoffs next, off, next season just because there are 10... Um, 
spots in both conferences. Can you name teams in like either conference? One hundred percent the Suns. Yeah. Can you name teams in either conference who you think like aren't going to try to make the playoffs next year? The I Knicks. Mean, the Knicks are one. I think OKC is clearly another one. OKC Cavaliers. Like, yeah. Cavaliers. Yeah. Cavs. Chicago. I mean, no, any, Chicago. I think, I think anything could they, happen with Chicago, but I think they go on like a uh, two and eight start to their season and realize they should probably tank. If Jim Boylan's still their head coach. No, of course. Who's their God, head coach? No. I don't remember. They have an entirely new front office and coach in there. Um, is Michael Jordan their head coach? Michael Jordan is not their head coach. Well, then they're yeah. not going to win. So, uh, would you want Michael Jordan to be coaching any young players ever? I, I just got to ask you that. Would you? Any young players? No. Yeah, I. So, I think I'm okay with Michael Jordan. You know, not being their coach. But all right, so. So you got Chicago, you've got Cleveland, and you've got um, was the Knicks in the East not trying to make the playoff next year. Who else is there? The Magic are trying to make the playoffs. Charlotte is trying to make the playoffs very clearly. The Pistons, that's a question mark. That's a question. Yeah, that's a question what the hell, mark. What the hell are the Pistons doing? Yeah, how about we talk about what the Pistons did during yeah, the Let's get rid of our number one rising star, Christian Wood. Yeah, so they got rid of Christian Wood. They drafted. Uh, Billy Donovan, by the way, is the Bulls head coach. And so he's actually a decent guy to, you know, develop young players. But I don't think that they're going to do it amazingly. Yeah, so the Pistons, their most recent signing was LiAngelo Ball, which is hilarious. Um, but what do you think of all the signings that they've done this offseason? Like, do you think uh, it was good? Do you think it was bad? Do you think it was absolutely nuts? Once again, Pistons are literally just going... Uh, treading water and I there's not unless they like change the front office they're going to be treading water for like the next 10 years yeah so who, their biggest signing of the offseason was Jeremy Grant so Jeremy Grant was this guy who, yeah huge like, signing right yeah so he gets traded to the Nuggets last offseason everyone is like you know what that's a sneaky good move and for like a few months no one really like noticed it all that much I'm sure Nuggets fans were noticing it but during the playoffs he was absolutely crucial to that team he was absolutely necessary as like a guy who, if they didn't have him, there wasn't a lot after him. Like, they would have to be starting Michael Porter Jr., and that really wasn't really an option for them. He couldn't play that many minutes. And so the Nuggets offer him, I think, around the same through. He signed with for three years, $60 million with the Pistons. The Nuggets offered him about the same money for that, but Jeremy Grant goes to the Pistons because, do you remember what he said? I actually don't. What did he say? He wanted... Uh, a better off situation where he could show how good he is offensively. Jeremy Grant, I you wanted to stat that. Got it. Yeah, exactly. I understand what you want. I understand that you want a better role for yourself, but come on, your team is going to probably be in the Western conference finals next season. This team could beat the Lakers. I don't think they will beat the Lakers, but like, what if Michael Porter jr. Makes a leap suddenly, like he's the next Carmelo Anthony. What happens then? So Jeremy Grant sort of, uh, just, Left a good situation, and now the Nuggets have a lower ceiling. So I'm a little worried about the Nuggets after Jeremy Grant leaving. And so the Pistons, meanwhile, just got a bunch of bigs. They Mason Plumley. They got Plumley, Okafor, Julio Ward, Josh Jackson, small forward. You know, I talked him up. Uh, Josh Jackson is not going to be set up to succeed on this team. So probably scratch everything I said about him. He needed a good situation. This is quite clearly a horrible one. Remember what the Knicks did last offseason where they signed like... No, I don't because it's the Knicks. Oh, because no. oh, they signed four power forwards. Yeah, yeah they okay. signed like what? Julius Randle? Did they sign a Bobby Morris? Portis. Yeah, they signed Bobby Portis. They signed the Morris. Yeah, so 
I don't know what the Knicks were trying to do last offseason. It clearly was a bad idea. I don't think their brain trust like went to Detroit and decided to make those moves, but it seems like it did somehow. Langston Galloway, you know, actually finally left them, which is good. Probably he went to the Suns, but like, what the hell is going on here? When you had when you're signing Jaleel Okafor to not just a one year deal, you're signing him to a two year deal. You're like, yeah, we want Jaleel Okafor so much. We were positive that we want him back the following season. Have they been paying attention to basketball in the last twenty years? I I just I just question that. Like, man. You could tank. You could clearly tank. And instead, they just like, yeah, let's get rid of our only good young player who actually, you know, could make this team better and just send our team into the toilet. Like, good luck, Killian Hayes. You're going to need it. Yeah. I like, yeah. I, I just, he was, I mean, he's set up for failure ever since the Pistons drafted him because he dra- got drafted to the Pistons, which is never a good thing. Yeah. They traded Luke Kennard, if you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, for I believe a first round pick. Um, I think Trevor Rees. I don't even know what happened to Trevor Rees. I don't know what team he's on now. They gave a first. Yeah, he got traded at least three times this off season. Yeah, but so like Isaiah. St- okay, Isaiah Stewart is all on your team, but you also have Mason Plumley and Jaleel Okafor playing and Blake center. Griffin. Blake Griffin playing there. Blake Griffin probably should be a five, although he probably can't defend like a five anymore. I don't know what the hell is going so you on. You got Delon right for no reason. Let's stay off the Pistons. This team makes me sad. Um, can we talk about... Let's see here. Let's talk about the Blazers. Because I really like the Robert Covington move. And I think this is going to be a top four team in the West next year. Uh, I'm going to advise that you jump off the bandwagon. I was on it last year. Didn't go well. Yeah, well, there's a reason that you were on the bandwagon last year that didn't work. Well, I don't know if this was the reason you were on them. But last offseason, we all knew that Yusuf Nurkic wasn't going to come back for a long time. And... I was like, yeah, get off, get off the Blazers bandwagon, get I off. Mean, they of got, it. they got to the, they got to the second round. I'm not that. They got, they got to the second round. They got to the first round and uh, won one game against the future uh, champions. But Nurkic on that team is actually really good for him. And yeah, they were sort of like completely shorthanded by the time like the end of the bubble rolled around, probably because they were giving it everything every single night. But Robert Covington fits a real need on that team for a wing who can like shoot threes, play good team defense. They need on-ball defense, which Covington isn't that great at, less than they need team defense because Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are going to need help. Covington is a great help defender. It makes their lineups more versatile because he can also he can play the three and play the four. He can play with Nurkic. He can also play with another. You can play put Carmelo Anthony on the floor if that's what you really want. I kind of like this uh, Blazers team, and I really, really like you like Yusuf Nurkic. I can't wait to see a full season of him because also it's really like brought Ennis yeah, okay. I don't think that Ennis Cantor quite as um <laughs> I don't think he's quite as great as uh Yusuf Nurkic is for that team. But I think Nurkic is a really good big man for that team. And so who have you got? Who have we got in the West next year? I we've got Dallas, but Christoph's Porzingis is not healthy, and Dallas I don't think is quite ready to make the leap yet. Dallas is a, a year away. Dallas is You said they were a year away, year away last year. Yeah, but if Kristaps Porzingis was healthy and they had, you know, added another... Like, keep like making a... excuses for him. Did I really say Dallas was a year away last year? Yeah, we both did. If, if Porzingis was healthy, I don't know. I like Richardson. I think they're going to be the fifth seed. I mean, I think they're going to be the fifth seed, so that's pretty good. Uh, Utah, I have no hope in whatsoever. I feel told like you, once again, yeah. never never have hope in Utah. I feel like there's still a chance Gobert gets traded before the season starts, even though I feel like it's less likely as we approach the season. He probably just is totally gone next year but i can't imagine 
they're really losing willing to lose him for that but i guess no one wants him but yeah so what's your what's the top of your west look like next year lakers yeah obviously they just got better um is it crazy if i put nuggets at two no they were the two seed this year okay nuggets oh, at two. they were the three they were the three I, mavericks three mavericks three okay clippers four yeah I mean, you have the Suns in there? Are you putting No, I was about, literally about to say Suns 5, but I really didn't want to do that, man. Pelicans? Grizzlies? Yeah, Pelicans 5. Grizzlies? No, not Grizzlies 6. Uh, Grizzlies, I think, are like 8. Rockets? Rockets are 6, yeah. Rockets 6. Pelicans 5? Are you really saying that? You think? Yeah, 100%. 100%. This, is, this is their year? This is their year? King I mean, they seven. launched Drew King Holiday. Seven. I'm saying King 7. King 7? Oh, I'm man. King 7. Harry's saying... Halliburton train has left the station and is barreling towards the playoffs it seems like i mean i love that backcourt buddy healds uh actually plays good basketball we'll see but kings is this like um assuming marvin bagley has full health mm, no no i'm gonna lead fully into this I, I i think the kings are ready to make a 10 win jump see this is where you always you're always jumping the gun on me because i was gonna be like you know what kings at the eighth spot and now you just have to put him, what, was it a sixth? Or was it a seven? No, I put him at seven. Seven? That, you did that last year on the Hawks. I was like, you know what? Hawks might be a good eighth seed. And you're like, oh, yeah, I have him fourth. <laughs> <laughs> they did not end up there. Not not at all. But I feel like the Blazers are the four seed. Wait, wait, are you, is Utah in the playoffs in this scenario? No, they're bad. Wait, is the West just going to blow it up? Is the West just going to be totally blown up next offseason, next year? Because, like... Most teams are good. Obviously, Minnesota like has to be good, or otherwise, like I, I feel like the four, the four or five through eleven are going to be the same record. Yeah. Oh my Jesus Christ! Like, okay, so who's bad? Let's say who's bad. Is San Antonio bad next year? Yes, probably. Yeah. Thunder or bad? Of course, like San Antonio is probably going to end up with like Cade Cunningham or something just to like make Pop um even happier. But right, so. Spurs bad, Thunder super bad, like super duper bad. Everyone else good. Is Memphis like the third worst Minnesota, team? Minnesota, we're talking about the Timberwolves. Okay, Carlton Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell together for the full year. Malik Beasley when he's not busy like pointing a yeah, gun at people. Allowing 130 points a game. Yeah, they're like the hawk. Again, Carlton Anthony Towns and Trey Young are the same person. They're just like, there's just a, a foot, a ten, a foot a difference part. between them. Yeah, that's it. They're Ooh, the same Dave, person. They're going to suck. No, they're not. Steph is still healthy. Kelly Oubre is the sneaky yeah, good. Clay Thompson isn't. Yeah, but Draymond Green is there. Steph Curry raises your ceiling at the very least. Yes, listen. Clay not being there sucks for everyone in the league because they were probably going to be the second best team in the West. Probably. That, that's a little bit in And doubt. James Wiseman really isn't ready to make that big of an impact. But James Wiseman is probably more likely to have an impact than most guys in the draft. Well, no, yeah, most guys in the draft. Well, that's what you get for having the number two pick. Congratulations. Yeah, he's, he's probably more ready to make an impact. Yeah. So I don't feel like that team is dead in the water. But like, yeah. I, do... think they're a th- I think they're a 30 win team. Are we missing the Suns? Are, wait, are the Suns actually like the fourth best team? Suns are, no, Suns are like eight or nine. Okay, they probably are. But are the, if the Rockets, man, if James Harden is healthy. Rockets we... and Suns are, I think, are going right. to be very close. If James Harden is playing and is action is like willing to lock in, because I think Christian Wood and him together is great. Great. I think that's great. And if like Eric Gordon is, you know, healthy and not just like, you know, his four year $72 million contract, it hasn't kicked in yet. It kicks in um beginning of this season, which is just great news. It's terrific news over the last year is not guaranteed, I don't think. So it's a three year deal, not a four year deal, but oof, that's bad. That's why you don't play pay players. Like 
they got out of paying Chandler Parsons big money a few, like several years back. This is the Chandler Parsons deal for them, unfortunately, Eric Gordon. They finally got one. They finally got the big one to bite them. But I honestly feel comfortable having the Blazers four. Gotta say it. Gotta say it. You shouldn't. I like Nurkic a lot. I don't, I mean, there are more big men in the league now, but this is, yeah, this is going to be a strange season. I love that, like, every team, almost every team wants to be competitive in the one year that you have just, like, massive talent at, like, the top seven or eight spots in the lottery and then sort of, like, a drop-off after that. Just, there's massive talent at the top of this year's draft. I can't wait for it. I can't wait for it. Because a lot last year, a lot of guys who were a little older this past year decided to enter the draft just because, you know, uh, there wasn't that much great talent in the draft. And so Nico Mannion had to go in this past year's draft because there's no way he was getting drafted uh, if he goes this year. So it's not quite as deep, but the teams that lose this year, I think are going to be greatly rewarded. Let's switch. Is there any team who, any team who is going to be a contender this next season who you think still totally screwed up their offseason? The Clippers. Tell me about him. Montrose Harrell's gone. Yeah. They did nothing to address what happened against the Nuggets. Yeah. The looking to run it back when they should be looking to address the problem. The only thing they changed was their coach. It's not correct. I don't even know who their coach is anymore. No, it's Ty Lue. Oh, that's right. Once again, puppet coach. Oh, Ty Lue to push Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to forego preferential treatment. He's like saying, guys, you have to make the choice not to be treated. So like, what the hell is this? Is the, I'm telling you, he's a puppet. Does, does Kawhi Leonard, do Kawhi Leonard and Paul George just have like absolutely no, uh, I don't know, can they do nothing by themselves? Is it just assumed that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are just going to be like, everyone's just going to bow down to them and the Clippers it's that, Yeah, it's literally like the rest of the Clippers and them. Yeah. You know what they got, though? They got Reggie Jackson and Nick Batum. Is that going to... Wow. Gonna, <laughs> wow. Is that going to make up? Reggie Jackson is, by the way, a classic guy to be on a team like the Clippers. Just shooting 20% so much on 10 shots a game. Makes so much sense for this team. I got to say. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. I don't love this team. Patrick Beverly, I think, is probably good. Patrick Beverly this year is more likely to purposely injure, injure Paul George than a guy from a different team. I'm just going to say that right Batum now. I think Batum gets too much flack. It was not his fault that he got overpaid. Yeah, but Batum is just not that. He's a fine player. Well, he's a, he's a very hmm. average starter, slightly above average, maybe average starter on a middling team. I think it's a little funny that the player that Charlotte waived to sign Gordon Hayward to a massive deal was Nick Batum. Just a little the same funny. Just, just a little same person, same huge contract, same dumb team. But let's get off of Charlotte. Yeah, Patrick Beverly is in. Paul George are going to fight this year. Or if they don't, it's because Paul George is just um, maybe not quite enough of a man. Serge Ibaka, I like for that team, though. At the very least, like, he's the kind of guy who, you know, is actually going to... Um, Try and yeah, do some things well, at least. Be a good glue guy, but, like, he might check out, like, halfway through. I, I don't think so. I think Ibaka's <sighs> going to stay it the yeah. whole way. I'm a little worried about him. A little worried about him. I don't know. They, yeah. Do you know who they signed to a huge extension this season, offseason? Marcus Morris. Well, his yeah. well, his brother Great. is getting paid like peanuts, basically, uh, in also in L.A., just on the Lakers. I think Morris got like four years, 70 million or something insane like he's that. He's good. Nobody understands that he's good. He's not that good, though. Is he? Yeah, he is. Is he really? He's the he's better. A, he's, he's the better Morris. Defender. 
he's the better Morris. Yeah, but like, I don't know. He's not like incredible. I mean, uh, his three point shooting was actually pretty good when in New York, but it just sort of tanked when he went to LA. He shot thirty one percent from three, which like isn't. I mean, it's a culture thing. Yeah, I feel like it's almost kind of a culture thing. Yeah, I don't like this Clippers culture hiring from within, extending guys from within. Who it's not like Marcus Morris was like a huge part of their team going into last year. They traded for him mid-season, and they like, oh yeah, this is actually the power forward that we want over Montrezl Harrell. Personally, you know what I think about Montrezl Harrell? Why he was bad in the bubble? Why? Like his grandfather died. Oh yeah, that, his grandmother. Yeah. His, his grandmother died. His grandmother was a huge part of his life from everything he said. It seemed like he was in ter- like terrible shape. He might have gotten COVID. I don't know. I don't think he did. But like, come on, man, that's a guy you can excuse like for the bubble. I don't know. I don't know what the clip. Yeah, the, that's what I'm saying. I'm sad he left. Yeah. So I agree with you in um, the Clippers really making a mistake there. Who else Um, who else do you want to talk about this offseason? Uh, the offseason that they've had. Like, is there I anyone... think we haven't talked yeah. about the Celtics yet. Yeah, let's I talk about... That's the, that's the last time we, team we need to talk about. Let's talk about them. What, what do so, you think about your favorite team? Not great, honestly. Jeff, no? It's not 2015 anymore. Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson aren't going to do that much yeah and we let gordon hayward go for like it's i'm finally starting to catch up to my friends where i see that danny Ainge isn't really that great yeah because he's literally he's let horford Kyrie, and hayward go for nothing yeah you guys all you have is a big trade exception yeah i mean yes (laughs) great a 27 million dollar trade exception I mean, to be fair, I kind of like that for the Celtics because remember, who's who's going to fit that? No, 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 because you don't have to fit the whole thing at once. Okay, but I would rather fit it at once than get two, the three players worth nine million dollars. One thing about the Celtics, like an issue they've had, is that their contracts are structured in such a way that like you've got some guys making huge money and then some guys making no money, and Marcus Smart's the only guy in the middle, and so like every trade you make seems like you have to throw Marcus Smart in, which I'm sure the Celtics don't want to do. Every single team. Yeah. So. Now you actually have this trade exception. I feel like the Celtics are going to be a huge player at the trade deadline. Kemba hopefully will be healthy. It's he the- won't be healthy for the first like part of the year. I think he's, I'm pretty sure they said he's out until like January. Yeah, but also the year starts um the, the day after Christmas. So there's like five days until January. But I'm sure it's not going to be like that soon that he comes back. But I feel like our teams, the Celtics and the Rockets, the Rockets acquired three first-round picks this offseason when we know that they basically didn't have any of them because they gave them all to OKC. The Celtics got a really big trade exception. Aren't those, and a second-round pick. Yeah, aren't those two teams who could actually make some moves at the deadline? Like, if they're, like, hovering around the fourth and fifth spot and they're like, yeah, I kind of like this team. Trust me, the Celtics will be. Yeah, yeah, maybe le- Celtics more likely than the Rockets. I agree with you there. Uh, but, like, let's say, I don't know, maybe... Anthony Davis like gets hurt or LeBron gets <laughs> hurt or Giannis like or something happens over there you know you never know this is probably going to be like one of the weirder like drives to the playoffs that we've seen because like what if Giannis gets COVID two weeks before the playoffs start or maybe not Giannis but like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both get it and the Clippers suddenly tank from like third to eighth anything can really happen I don't think they would get from each other because they're never around each other <laughs> No, they're the only people they see. The whole team would be safe. <laughs> the whole team would be safe if Kawhi and RPG got it. But I feel like the their the way their offseasons have gone, 
if they feel like they're competitive and if everyone's like pretty locked in, they can swing some acquisition in the deadline from some team who doesn't feel like they have a great thing to be there. Like, I don't know, Kelly Oubre or something like that for the Rockets. Let's say we're right about Golden State and they sort of like go out of Uber it. Oubre's a great fit for the Rockets. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like what if Golden State is like, yeah, we're out of it. And the Rockets are like on the phone. Hey, is Kelly Oubre available? Kelly Oubre hey, is free. Bradley Beal available? I mean, Kelly. Bro, imagine, I'd love to see Bradley. Well, yeah. no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Well, I mean, Kelly Oubre is a free agent next offseason. Like, maybe the Rockets are just like, hey, yeah, we could. Yeah, so what's, worth it, what's it worth using a trade exception? What's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff worth using a trade exception because, I mean, if you don't use it within a year, it expires, right? Well, yeah, but why? Yeah, but why would you use it on a guy that you're not going to have for more than three months? I'm talking about the Rockets getting someone like Kelly Oubre. But for someone like the Celtics, I mean, I'm sure there's other guys who, like, could be possible. I don't know. Like, would you want Blake Griffin? Me? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Why not? Yeah. Throw Blake Griffin onto that team. I mean, I'm sure he would love to be back in the playoffs again, like with guys like Tatum and Brown. I mean, that's like a really good three three through five almost, right? Like, yeah, it's, it still can't defend like like Joel Embiid or Giannis, but I mean, whatever. Ignore that. Or like if you want to put Miles Turner into there and like the Pacers are suddenly like in deep trouble, let's say you want Victor Oladipo, that trade exception helps. I feel like Maybe our... Miles Turner, which we are still trying to. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> or, um, oh, who's that guy? Jared Allen. Maybe Jared Allen and uh, DeAndre Jordan just have like some big, or maybe KD and Kyrie, for whatever reason, keep their hate of DeAndre, uh, keep their hate of Jared Allen still going. Jared Allen is a great fit for this um, Celtics team. Any tall Rockets player, Mo Bamba. Get Mo Bamba. Get uh, Jackson Hayes. <laughs> Get PJ Washington. I'm just talking about uh, lengthy, um, not really great on offense, uh, centers from Texas. Sorry. Oh, I see what you're... Oh, I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like both of our teams are not going to look the same after the trade deadline. I mean, maybe the Rockets like are in really deep trouble after the trade deadline because James Harden is gone. Maybe not. I guess we'll see on that end. But yeah, so what do you think about the Celtics then? Uh, do you see... I, I mean, I told you, it, didn't, it wasn't great. Do you uh, see that uh, they agreed to terms with evan turner yeah the logo as an assistant They're coach the coach <laughs> yeah uh the logo that was, their, that was the best move yeah i'll send you a picture evan turner is uh the villain not the logo i don't know what nicknames you know of him but that's the one I uh know. i'll send it to you evan turner is great <laughs> so anyone else you want to talk about golden state yeah weird offseason memphis they didn't move forward and so you kind of want a team like that to move forward, but I think it's okay because Brandon Clark, John Morant, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., it's still going to be a good team together, even if like they're not doing anything kind of crazy. Miami obviously didn't do all that much. The Bucks, the Bucks made a move. I believe we talked. Did we talk about the Bucks move? Uh, which move was it? I don't know if we. Uh, the Bucks. Well, they got Drew Holiday. Did we talk about that move? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Bucks getting Drew no, Holiday. We didn't, no, we didn't. Oh yeah. Yeah, Bucks getting Drew Holiday like is really good for them. But also, yeah, as we alluded to a little earlier in the podcast about like Bogdan Bogdanovich, Bogdan Bogdanovich was supposed to be headed to Milwaukee, and then Milwaukee. Uh, it seems like Milwaukee very clearly was doing uh, little stuff under the table that they maybe were not supposed to. They were doing a little tampering, and so now the NBA is investigating the Bucks, and it's kind of embarrassing in the NBA if you get investigated for tampering because everyone does it. You just shouldn't get caught. And it seems like they clearly just wanted to announce that they had gotten both those guys at the same time, just so 
that that would entice Giannis to sign the big extension, which he as of yet has not signed. And so they're clearly worried. But Drew Holiday, nevertheless, is a good get for them. And I think easily solidifies them as like being the best team in the East, at the very least during the regular season. I don't know. I mean, they trade Bledsoe for a better version of him. Yeah. I don't know if the Heat are going to be the best team in the East during the regular season just because Jimmy Butler seems to be much more of a postseason guy than a regular season guy because they're that they can they can win every game in the postseason when Jimmy Butler is doing that, but he shouldn't have to do that for you every night. And so I think he's just a little less consistent during the regular season, which like I assume we're going to see an even better Bam, an even better Tyler Hero, but also like those guys played longer than anybody else besides the Lakers. So I'm I wouldn't be surprised if they stumble a little bit out of the gate. But last thoughts. Uh, so here's just one question I've got for you. We're going to talk like more NBA season primer, I'm sure, relatively soon. But if you had to pick like for having just rank these teams by which season they're going to have, like the by best team one through four next year, Timberwolves, Pelicans, uh, Suns, and Grizzlies. Pelicans, Suns, Grizzlies, Timberwolves. Why? Uh, I mean, Pelicans almost made the playoffs last year. Yeah, Suns, Grizzlies. Suns are, look a little better. Suns look better, and they were did literally everything they could to make the playoffs. But yeah. I don't know why they were even invited to the bubble because they won every single game and still didn't get in. Yeah, um, they almost got in. It was close. Yeah, Grizzlies. Uh, John Morant's only going to get better. Jaron Jackson's only going to get better. Timberwolves. They're going to get worse. They can't get that much worse. Personally, I think Suns, Timberwolves, Pelicans, Grizzlies. Not quite buying the Pelicans quite yet, even though I do like them. Not quite. Yet. I want to see a little more from Lonzo, just personally. And like, I again, I love someone like Kira Lewis Jr. joining that team during the draft, but it's not perfect. The Timberwolves really have to be doing stuff this season. If if we don't see like a locked in Carlton Towns who could win the MVP this year, which no one is talking oh, about, if he wants to, no, he could. If Carlton Towns wants to win the MVP this year, he absolutely could be in the conversation. There's always someone new in the conversation. He's the guy who like could be in the conversation. I know we've probably said this like a few times, like over the last few seasons, but come on, you've got, he's got everything he's wanted. He's got the, basically all the talent around him is specifically to make him better and to work with him. This is, this is a make or break year for Carlton Towns. And I know it's like him getting disgruntled in Minnesota, blah, 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 blah. Come on. This is this is what you want. You want a D'Lo. Devin Booker is not going to leave this great Sun situation that they've got. I would love to see some great matchups between the Suns and the Timberwolves this year. My only issue with the Timberwolves is depth because I don't think they have a lot of great depth. But you've got a superstar. You've got a superstar in Towns. A superstar for the past five years. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Suns, yeah. I think we're both in agreement that the Suns are going to be a fun team this year. Um Hopefully they continue the bubble stuff. I like that they kept improving rather than just like being like, wow, we did this thing during the bubble because they did not do that during the regular season. Sam, we will talk more NBA next week, MLB next week. I, I guess we'll see. We ha- the yeah, hopefully off-season. we get some actual games going soon so we don't have to keep rambling on about what ifs. Yeah, and that might I be the last one we have. Next week is probably going to be the last one we have for a couple weeks because the semester is ending very soon and we're going to have to pick it up at some point. Now, I've seen some rumors over the last couple of days that this is baseball, that James McCann might get Mets signed might, and the Yankees cross town might be looking at Michael Brantley. We might finally be starting to have some moves in baseball. Maybe that's what we get to next week. Maybe we get to NBA. We'll find Maybe out Trevor then. Maybe 
Sox. Trevor Bauer to the Red Sox makes no sense. Uh, you should have signed. You should have, should have kept Mookie if that's what you wanted to do. We'll talk to you guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. Until then, have a good one.